Hey, real quick, before we get started on today's episode, I want to announce that tomorrow, Tuesday, the 5th, the Blueprint of Wealth will officially be available. And I have a big favor to ask all of you. This book will fail if I can't get enough people to not only buy it, but to review it. So if you're interested in this book and or just want to support this podcast, please go check it out. Link will be in the description. On with the show. Now there are two qualities that can increase your chances of success. Two very important qualities. Number one, patience. Number two, persistence. Let's talk about patience for a moment. Patience is what? Learning to handle the passing of time. Now, once you've had an appetite for success and you start going for it, now you've got to learn to handle the passing of time. Here's why. It takes time. It takes time to build a corporate work of art. It takes time to build a symphony orchestra with flawless music and harmony that sends you on flights of ecstasy to be remembered long after the orchestra has shut down and the lights have gone out. It takes time to put harmony together. It takes time to build a life. It takes time to build an enterprise. It takes time to get through school. It takes time to develop and grow. So give your enterprise time. Give your business time. If you're in management, give your people time. If you're a parent, give your kids time. Don't be too short too quick. Give them time. Now, not forever, but time. It takes time. Here's the ultimate challenge. You've got to have patience with yourself. It takes time to make changes in habit and discipline. It takes time to correct old errors in judgment and to finally give up old blame and pick up new responsibility. I'm telling you, it took me some time I used to blame the government and blame taxes and blame the company and blame the marketplace. It took me a long time to give that up. That was a pretty comfortable list to explain my empty bank account, pennies in my pocket, nothing in the bank, not doing well, embarrassed by my situation. It took time to give that up and only blame myself. That took a while. So have patience with yourself, number one. And number two, while you're dealing with the passing of time, number two is to keep doing it. Be persistent. Be tenacious. Keep doing it until. As long as you are patient and persistent, it's hard to elude success. As long as you maintain patience and persistence, tenacity, there's only one person, just one person that will draw the line between success and failure. One person. And that person is you. So be patient. Be persistent. You need both patience and persistence together. And here's why. Lack of patience is probably the worst enemy of ambition. While your ambition keeps growing, keeps moving, keeps looking for new ways to succeed, impatience tends to grow frustrated. Impatience won't allow for persistence. Impatience wants to give up. Impatience calls discouragement failure. But your ambition won't let you give up so easily. Not if you're persistent. What others may call failure, ambition calls a learning opportunity, a chance to make adjustments along the charted course to success. Ambition knows something else too. 
Ambition knows that the longer the achievement is in coming, the more valued it is. So let me give you a few aspects of patience, some examples that might help illustrate just how valuable it is. There are six aspects of patience, and here's number one. Knowing when an opportunity is right and when more preparation is needed. Let's say you're opening up a restaurant specializing in fresh seafood. You're all excited to get going, get the money coming in instead of it all going out. You're all excited. So because you're all excited, you want to open early. Your impatience gets the best of you. And so you do open before your scheduled grand opening. Customers start coming in. They're all excited about this new great restaurant. And everybody wants some fresh seafood. They're all ordering fresh seafood from the menu. But now you panic. You haven't got any. You're not ready. The fresh seafood shipment won't come in for a week. Impatience has just killed the restaurant. Now let's say you've got a great new product that's scheduled to come out on the market in the next several months. Everything's going according to plan, so you start planning your ads, start planning big public relations events. You're so sure that it's going to happen that you set a date. The engineers told you that the product's not ready, but you're sure it will be. You start planning everything, invite lots of people, influential people, buyers of your product. You're so excited that you went ahead without the product actually being done. Come the week of the grand unveiling, the engineers come to you and say it still doesn't work. Your impatience just lost you credibility in the marketplace. That's number one. Be patient in knowing the difference between when the opportunity is right and when more work needs to be done. Here's number two. Remain alert even if opportunity doesn't come right away. Make sure that your patience allows you to keep your eyes open and ready for opportunity. Keep looking. Be patient. Number three. Keep preparing for opportunities, even if there's a delay. Even if things aren't going just the way you think they should, keep your disappointments at bay and keep getting ready for opportunities. Be prepared. Always be prepared. Don't let impatience allow you to give up. Number four in patience. Take the little setbacks in stride. Take the little successes in stride. Don't let small disappointments discourage you. Don't let the little successes delude you. Avoid the emotional roller coaster that will always, always disrupt your plan. Number five, if you're waiting on the decisions of others, be patient. You cannot control the decision-making abilities of others. You cannot control their timing. If your project was to come up before the board in one meeting and time ran out, and they moved your project to the top of the agenda for the next meeting, be patient. Don't be frustrated about what you have no control over. And number six, take a vacation from your ambition. If you've been working day after day, week after week, month after month without a break, take a vacation from your ambition. The patient person, secure in their ambition, knows that the drive and ambition will still be there even after some time off. As a matter of fact, with some time off, the ambition will have a stronger pull than ever when you come back to it.
Persistence is patience in action. Persistence is creative, always looking for new opportunities. Persistence is courageous. It doesn't give in to fear. Persistence is hopeful. It doesn't let discouragement through the door. Persistence is positive. It keeps you on track with your plans and your goals. And the last thing that persistence is, is cheerful, not gloomy, cheerful. Time is the mightiest force in the world or even in the universe. Why would you ever choose to fight time when you could have time on your side? Who wouldn't want to harness the great river of time that flows through all of life? Why wouldn't you want to use the power of time to generate power in every area of your existence, to turn the turbines of your hopes and dreams, to charge your every aspiration with lightning bolts of electricity? Well, there is only one way to make time work for you, not against you, and that's with patience. True patience is more than just a waiting game. Patience doesn't mean you sit around hoping for something to happen. Patience is not a passive quality. Don't concentrate on things you can't influence. Instead, focus on things you can control. It's strange, but young people have a much more difficult time with patience than people who have more experience in the world. It seems like the older people get, the more able they are to wait despite the fact that sometimes they have considerably less time to wait in. You could argue that older people ought to learn how to act quickly and decisively, while younger people need to learn how to wait. When you're young, you really have just about all the time in the world, and you just can't wait to use it. For a young person to have patience is a rare and powerful thing. How can we explain that impatience of the young? Maybe it's because when you're a teenager or in your early 20s, one year seems like a very long time. Five years seems like forever, and 10 years is almost more than you can possibly imagine. But more mature individuals can actually look back 10 or 20 or even 30 years, and they can use the knowledge they've gained to create patience and a sense of perspective. A patient man is always richer than the impatient one because the patient man can always afford to wait. The patient man is never desperate. The patient man has time to spare, while the man in a hurry is always on the verge of bankruptcy as far as time is concerned. In any situation you can think of, impatience is a source of weakness and fear, while patience is substance and strength. If you can only see the short term, if you can only think in terms of the here and now, then you are like a man with one eye. You can't judge distances. You live in a world that's flat and two-dimensional. In other words, the impatient person lacks all sense of perspective. Perspective lets you measure your plans and current events against things that have already occurred and also against your desires and aspirations for the future. Then and now, here and there, near and far, need and know, watch and wait. These are the dual optics that allow the patient man to see in stereo, where the nearsighted person sees only the present, 
or the dreamer sees only an imaginary future and more likely than not trips over his mistakes trying to get there. If you're in a hurry, if you need to see results tomorrow, you're putting a lot of pressure on everybody and there's likely to be a great deal of disappointment. But if you can afford to wait, you can ride out the hard times and eventually realize a profit. The odd thing is sometimes waiting for years is easier than it is to wait for a few days or even a few minutes. None of us felt too strained because we had to wait 12 years to go through grammar school, middle school, and high school before getting out, or at least the first 11 and a half years didn't strain my patience. But ask me to wait 45 minutes for a plane flight or 20 minutes in the waiting room of a dentist's office, and if you catch me on the wrong day, it's almost more than I can handle. We all find ways to wait for the next paycheck, but how many can wait patiently in a checkout line in a crowded supermarket? How many people can stand and wait quietly for an overdue train on a railroad platform? It's as though there are two kinds of patience, the kind that sets you up for the long term and gives you the promise of a better and richer day after tomorrow. Then there's the other kind the sort of patience that helps you remain sane and sociable while you're waiting in line or watching the clock or waiting for a pot of water to boil. These kinds of patience, so different and yet so much the same, meld into your character and have a fundamental effect on your physical constitution. Any doctor will tell you that it's better for you and everyone around you if you don't get exasperated with little things if you don't fly off the handle at every annoyance and stick in your way. It keeps your blood pressure down and your friends and neighbors happy if you can greet life's little problems with equanimity and patience. Because almost all problems can be solved if only you take the time to see them and think them through. That's very easy to understand and it's very easy to say, but it takes strong character to put it into practice. I'm never sure what to think when people say, I want to make a million dollars by the time I'm 40, or I want to retire by the age of 45. This combination of goals plus deadlines strikes me as short-sighted and maybe even a bit naive. It takes a worthwhile goal and subjects it to an imposed timetable. While you might have an idea of what a million dollars would mean to you, or you might have really exciting plans for your life after you hang up the tie and business suit, I don't see how a person can reasonably expect to know who or what he will be or think or feel at some arbitrary moment in the future. This kind of thinking misses the whole point of success. The real payoff in financial and worldly success isn't the result of an amount of money divided by the age you are when you get it or some other actuarial formula. The real payoff is found in the qualities of character you develop along the way. There's a story about a young man who had a very old and rich uncle. When the uncle died, the young man was called to the office of his attorney and told that he'd been left a huge fortune. To collect it, however, he first had to run a certain errand which was described on a slip of paper. It seemed simple enough, but when the young man tried to accomplish it, this first task turned into another and then another. 
As he pursued his uncle's final request, the young man was led into foreign lands and exotic adventures and untold dangers. More years passed, and the young man nearly lost track of how and even why he was on this long journey, and he could hardly imagine what its end might be. At last, the Odyssey led him back into the very same lawyer's office where it had begun. I'm here to collect my inheritance, said the heir, no longer a young man, but a much wiser one. The lawyer smiled. As your uncle intended, you've already collected it in the places you've been and the things you've learned. And again, as he intended, it will last you for a lifetime. Hey, real quick, before we go, I just wanted to mention that the Blueprint of Wealth is officially on Amazon. So if you want to support this podcast or are interested in becoming more financially successful, go check it out.